Hello and welcome to another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thank you so much for listening. This is where I have conversations with people who are living life on their own terms. We dive into those big moments that have pushed them through the fears and self-limiting beliefs that hold so many of us back. Now, Jeff Sanquist, he really needs no introduction to the Live Immediately family, as this is the third time I've had the privilege to interview Jeff. Jeff has become a close friend, and he was the host of the brilliant Intentionally Wandering podcast that literally changed my life. But over the past year, Jeff has been going through some changes in his own life, assessing what is improving his life, what isn't, and what things in his life have simply run their course. This has led Jeff to do something that many people might think about, but struggle to make the final decision. Jeff has deleted all of his social media accounts. He has also stopped his podcast and blog. In this episode, I really dive deep into why Jeff felt the need to pull back from the digital world and how he feels about not being as connected anymore. And his answers, they might surprise you. This isn't an episode about social media bashing. It's about knowing yourself, knowing when to quit, knowing when things in your life stop benefiting you, and the importance of experimenting in your own life. Jeff always allows his curiosity to lead his life. Sometimes it's through the unknown, and sometimes it's back to the beginning. I hope you enjoy my conversation with one of my very special friends, Jeff Sandquist. Jeff Sanquist, welcome back to the Live Immediately podcast. How are you? I am doing well. I just got to say, because it's been a long time since I've said it on a mic, hey, hey. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, it's, you know, I feel like you actually need no introduction to the Live Immediately podcast, Jeff, as I think this would be the third time I've had you on. You were my very first guest way back when. And then in a later episode, we turned the mic around and you interviewed me in a co-host kind of episode. And for those that haven't listened to those episodes, I will definitely link to those in the show notes at liveimmediately.com. But for those that are listening for the first time, Jeff, you are a very special person to me, which I know you know that. You're one of my closest friends, even though we live on different continents. And as a little bit of a background, I, for everybody, I, I first heard Jeff's voice through his podcast, Intentionally Wandering, probably back in the latter parts of 2014 or the early moments of 2015. And Jeff and his guests really helped Inger and I to create some change in our life, to question what we value. And it, and it was one of the, I guess, the guiding resources that really enabled us to kind of come to that decision of wanting to pack, donate, or sell everything that we owned. And we, head off, we headed off on that family adventure that I'm sure everyone is aware of which we are still feeling huge rippling effects of now. And when we were overseas, Jeff, we actually had the beautiful opportunity to meet yourself and your lovely wife, Laura, twice while we were in the, in the United States. And we've obviously that friendship, we've, we've kept going over these years. But 
Mate, does that sum you up pretty well? Does, did I, did I kind of get everything okay there? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're not on video because I'm probably blushing right now. You know, I just every day <laughs> I feel like sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm only on this because you and me are, are tight like that. But uh, I always just appreciate uh, appreciate the kind words. And, you know, it's definitely a two way street, although you you found me first. I've definitely learned plenty from you and your guest and just all the, the chats you and I have had, you know, off the off the podcast and in private and just helping each other through all the, you know, twists and turns of, of life. And as I said back on my podcast, you know, connecting the dots and, and seeing where it all goes. And speaking of twists and turns, you've, you've had many twists and turns in your life recently. And I guess over the past 18 months or so, you have gradually weaned yourself off social media. And really in every digital presence, you stopped doing your podcast intentionally wondering which for selfish reasons broke my heart the day that you told me that um, and I'm sure we'll dive into that a little bit later but you also stopped posting on social media you you have now completely deleted all of your social media accounts you now only exist in analog Jeff <laughs> <laughs> but what what made you like because it's you know it's it's so weird you know to be talking about, hey, you left social media, that's such a big thing, like, oh my God, what are the changes to your life? But I know that people struggle to that pull that they have with social media, so it's quite fascinating when someone can can delete that part of the world. But what made you want to leave social media in the first place? Yeah, I guess maybe to give a little bit of, of background, and like you said, I'm sure some people listening know and other people don't, but you know, for a greater part of a couple of years, I spent a huge amount of my time, probably the, the great bulk of my time, you know, online, Facebook, Instagram, especially Twitter a bit. Um, you know, I had a website, a blog, uh, podcast that I did like over a uh, hundred or some episodes, um, you know, did some other different cross, I guess you could say cross promotional type stuff with other people in the space such as yourself. And that was just really my life. And I, I dove really head first into it and kind of chronicling my, my own journey and, and that of others. And, you know, most of it was around minimalism and simple living and intentionally wandering as I like to call it. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that, that you talk about and your, your guests talk about it as well. And I guess I just got to the point where uh, <laughs> I, I was done, and I don't know any other way other other than that to say it. I um, I think I just I reached the point. I, I guess as myself, knowing myself pretty well, um, Mike. I think you've come to realize that I, while I like to explore the gray areas in a lot of ways, I'm a very black and white person, and part of my curiosity is really diving into things deeply and experiencing as much as I can kind of as quickly as I can. And then once I've got my fill, then, then I'm out and I really don't have any issues with, um, I guess going cold Turkey or, or cutting ties, um, pretty, pretty dramatically in some ways, I guess you could say. So it, it just, it was something that I think has been going on over time and my life was going in a, a different direction. And, I just decided, you know what, I want to I want to see what life is like without this stuff. And I guess you could see it as a like an experiment. And I, I that's a lot of the ways that I approach things that I do is 
let's see what happens. And I would have to say that all in all, it's been like most major changes in my life in that I would say it was rather anticlimactic and not to say that it wasn't important or like had a huge, but it was literally, you know, sitting, I think my wife was with me. She might not have been with me. I forget, but you know, it was in my apartment and I, I clicked the delete button and then that was it. Like there was no, you know, explosions. My computer didn't blow up. The world didn't end. It was just gone. And so I I think that that's probably the biggest challenge with it beyond actually, you know, making the making the choice to to delete podcast, website, social media, whatever it was. But it's that, okay, now what? You know, Mm -hmm. it's like the party's over and you're the last one there just kind of picking everything else up and you're going okay so now what do i do and i think but- it's i think it's interesting too when you talk there about the anticlimax of of deleting because it's such a big thing and and you would have been thinking and analyzing that moment and that, and making that decision and i think it really just draws a parallel to to arriving at a point and we often feel that once we get this or do that, then things are going to be a certain way. But we actually never arrive. And you kind of got to that point of arrival with no social media. And it was just like, okay, life is still kind of the same. Yeah. And I, I wanted to, I was curious. I, Mike, you know, I, I love curiosity. It's a topic and a, I guess a trait that, that I hold very, very deeply. And I started thinking about it and and really it wasn't the whole, you know, there's been this like delete Facebook movement and whatnot and fine, whatever. But honestly, I was thinking about that stuff beyond that, before that. And I think some of that just kind of pushed me over the edge. But I started to think that, you know, Facebook came about, I think I'm the same age as Mark Zuckerberg. And so Facebook came about when I was in my like first year of college And so I literally haven't known what my life is as an adult, you know, starting 18, 19, as an adult has been like without Facebook. And I just got to the point of saying, you know, I don't I don't think this is actually benefiting my life. If anything, I feel like it's possibly making it worse in some ways, but I won't know that until I'm I'm done with it. And so I did spend like a year where I really just didn't use Facebook. I would check in from time to time and I would use it once in a while. But I got to the point where I just was like, you know, it it just needs to be gone, like Mm -hmm. all gone, not deactivated, deleted, it's done. You know, I can make another profile if I really, really miss it, but I, I need to cut the cord completely and see what that's like. And so I think that's it's just an experiment to see what is life like without it. And since cutting that cord, what aspects of your life have changed because of turning your back to social media, like the positive and the negative? Well, I would say that the negative, which uh, I'm, I'm still kind of working through. <laughs> My wife said to me a couple of weeks ago, she was like, you know, I, th- I think you're, I think it's a good thing that you're off of social media and I do like you better without it. You know, you're more present and um, I think it's great when you're not the Instagram husband taking pictures of every single thing we eat and everywhere we go. That's really (laughs) nice. And I feel like you're actually spending time with me. And and like I said, you're present. 
but she said, you know, sometimes I feel like you're you're actually a little more depressed or a little more subdued now that you're not on social media. And I, I think that that's true. I think that there was always a bit of a push by being on social media, especially in the way that I was, to you know, try to find something new and try to do new things and have new experiences. And, and in a lot of ways, that's a good thing. But then there was also a lot of it. It was, you know, it was for show. It was for the camera. It was for like what's going to look good, get likes, get follows, etc. And now that I don't have that, I've had to figure out like, where do I get my worth now? Like, and, and there really isn't, I don't have things that are, I guess in a way like, uh, like cheap pops, like, mm-hmm. like cheap ways of getting a little boost throughout the day. Uh, well, I know if I post this, then so-and-so will like it and that'll make me feel good. And again, there's nothing like inherently wrong with that, but I'm having to figure out like what really makes me happy and focus on like, I think kind of what you said earlier, like some of the more like mundane and I guess regular parts of life and Mm. figure out what is it that really brings me joy other than the instant gratification. But I I guess too, the challenge and, and, and maybe what you're alluding to there is you, you struggle, I guess, kind of finding those little things in life throughout the day that are going to boost you up or someone going, Hey Jeff, that was a, what you're doing there is a, a great job. But you're now in a sense in a society where everyone else has their head in the palm of their hand. Like you might have your, your head out of it, but everyone else still has their head down in it. So then it's kind of hard for you to then to, to make those connections or, or other people in a sense, see you to go, wow, Jeff, that was great. Yeah, and I think that part of how I've dealt with it or the approach I'm at least taking right now is similar to what I know you've talked about and I've talked about and many others have talked about when it comes to like minimalism or traveling the world with your family or whatever it may be is just literally leading by example. And so I'm I'm trying to not which can be my tendency not to preach or to, you know, tell everyone what they're doing wrong or how this is better or anything like that. And instead just do what I'm doing and lead by example. And some people will think it cr- it's crazy and other people will be like, hmm, that's interesting. And they may not do it exactly like I'm doing it or they may not adopt all the things that I've I've adopted to to try to be more in the moment and and present and in the real world more than I am in the digital world. But if if they turn off their notifications or they delete their Facebook app, like that I think that's a step in the right direction. I mean, I don't think that this stuff is all you know, all good or all bad. I'm just not so sure that we're using it in the best way possible. And like with the you know, the amount of time that you used to spend on social media. And I think the studies that I've seen here in Australia, people spend a hundred minutes per day flicking through social feeds. What do you now fill that time with? Uh, Sometimes it's nothing. 
which is really hard for me, but I know that if if I spend more time in silence, if I spend more time walking the gravel road by my house, if I spend more time attempting to meditate, I can't say that I, you know, really do meditate, but attempting to or just stretching, you know, doing some push-ups, uh, I don't know, doodling in a, a coloring book like I was doing yesterday. I think I'm just exploring some of those things, which is it's a challenge for me is that my personality and kind of a lot of my drive is to always be accomplishing something and to always be doing something. And in a way, I feel like social media is this never ending, never ending road of things to read and learn and accomplish and connect and whatever else. And so without that, I am trying to explore other things that maybe are, are more healthy for me, are, are better for me in the long term, um, actually do make me truly happy as opposed to just in the moment. And I think personally, you know, I could use a lot more just quiet time because I, I, I don't think I've had that much of that in my life. And what about FOMO? Like fear of missing out is said to be one of the key factors for people flicking through their social feeds countless times each and every day. Like, do you feel like you are missing out not having social media anymore? I would like to say that I'm not. I don't feel that, but I do. Uh, I mean, it happens, but I would say that it's not nearly as much as I as I probably thought it would be. And just like anything else, you know, something else fills the space. If you remove one thing, something else fills it. And so I don't think that I've I've felt it as much. And if anything, I think there's been some positives that have filled that space. And I've seen it. I mentioned like the the joy of missing out. I think the Jomo or something like that. But there's cool things that happen and it kind of reminds me more of my childhood or the way things used to be, which sometimes is hard to remember because I feel like we've been immersed in this for so long that now that I, I don't follow people uh, and see their every post and their everything that they do, I call them out of the blue. I send them a text message. I have taken to letter writing and uh, card writing and mailing stuff to people and, you know, getting together with people in person. And I can't tell you how great it is to not have a conversation that is filled with, oh, I saw that on Facebook. I saw that on Facebook. Oh, I saw on Facebook. And to literally be like, so what have you been doing? Like, I have no idea what you're doing. I haven't spoken to you in three months, six months. Like, Fill me in. Like, what is up? This is exciting. I don't know. It's it's interesting because when I look at the way that we communicate now, like we, in a sense, we have like an email chain that, you know, we write like a page to each other and it might take the other person a week or two to get back, but we kind of, we're going deeper into topics. You We sometimes attach photos if someone has been on a holiday, but it's not because I... I must admit, Jeff, like it's hard for me, uh, you know, since I, I don't get to see you on social media all the time, sometimes I feel like I'm missing out on what you're doing. But then we, 
we do communicate in other ways, like we jump on Skype probably once every eight weeks. And as I said, we have this email chain kind of going on. It's different, but it's, I actually feel what we have now is, is a lot deeper. I would agree. And, you know, not to, I guess not to downplay, I, I definitely feel those feelings, especially for, you know, the people that I'm most close to like yourself and, and not to downplay those things, but I went back through my entire social media timeline of of Instagram and Facebook before I deleted it because I wanted to see like what I was using it for, what am I going to be missing out on, what did I miss out on the first time through, all those different things. And to be honest with you, Mike, like 95% of that stuff, in my opinion, it was throwaway, like not that important could have lived without it being shared, could have lived without it, you know, going to other people. And so I think that sometimes, you know, the the oversharing, like knowing every aspect of everybody's life, I don't know. I'm just not, I'm not totally convinced that that is the best thing for us, especially when we're trying to keep up with hundreds and even sometimes thousands of people in their daily lives. Like I know that I got so at times entrenched in what everyone else was doing that I spent every, I spent so much of my time in everybody else's life that I wasn't even in my own life. Yeah. It's 100%, man. I, I guess for me, I, I look at it and go, you and I met through and bonded through social media. Like we wouldn't, have, we wouldn't have known each other if it wasn't for that. And I guess as you said earlier, it's not like it's either good or evil. It's whether we are spending too much time in it. And I 100% agree with that. And, you know, you've... I've sent you like a draft of a book that I'm in a sense writing around that topic. Um, there you go. It's the first time I've ever shared that publicly, but you know, <laughs> but we, we, you know, we, we immerse ourselves as, as you've said, and we just spend too much time within that. And I think you hit the nail on the head where you, when you said that you were spending time in other people's lives and, and not your own, but I want to kind of change uh, directions a little bit here, even though it's, it's, it's on the same path. But you said earlier when it came to stopping your Intentionally Wandering podcast that you were just done. But how did you feel when you stopped your blog and your podcast? Because they were things that you would put so much time and work into. Yeah, I... You know, it feels like yesterday and it also feels like forever ago. Um, I had to like go find where my mic was actually to do this, this chat, <laughs> like literally brush the dust off of it. Um, but I think that it also kind of ties into what you were also saying about the, you know, the fact that we met on social media. And I guess for myself, I, I've just come to this place where like, I think there's this overarching message out there and it's been going on for a long period of time that, that like we can have it all. And I just, that just isn't my experience. And that's just not what I have come to believe. And so I feel like, and I believe that, you know, we make certain choices and when we say yes to something, 
we automatically say no to something else. And so, you know, I am glad that I said yes to those things prior. And I am so thankful and grateful for the relationships that I gained out of them. But I've also gained new and different experiences and relationships by taking this this other path as well. And it's also allowed me to focus in on the relationships that I already have. And I think that's one of the the challenges is maintaining what we actually have and continuing to to grow what we actually have. So um, but as far as like being done with the podcast, again, I don't know any other way to say it other than for me. When I hit a certain point, I I am just done Mm. and I can kind of just end it. And I know that not everyone can do that. Um, And that's like, I guess, a blessing and a curse of of my own (laughs) of my own personality and makeup Um, that, you know, it was definitely a gradual process. But there was at one at at some point uh, a point of no return where I just said, I I know there's benefit to this. I know that this is helpful to me and to other people, but I have to move on and I have to do other things. And that's, I, I, I think that my life has been made just has been improved by as many of the decisions of things that I've, I've stopped and that I've quit as much as the ones that I've chosen to say yes to. And I guess with that, like having that, sorry, creating that choice to quit, like what, what makes you want to change directions in your life to stop things and start new things? And how do you, how do you start new directions? Because, because I feel that a lot of people, we can easily get stuck where we are and we, we might want to change elements of our life, but we struggle with knowing when to let go and, and, and how to move forward in a new direction. How do you navigate that crossroad? For me, it's both like an intellectual process. Uh, in a lot of ways, I'm very, very logical, very black and white. And there gets to be a point where things just don't make sense anymore to me, no matter what I do, no matter what I try. Um, and it's not just like, oh, things are getting tough or, oh, man, this isn't working out the way that I wanted it to. It's literally like this is not working. This makes no sense. Why? Why am I continuing to do this. Um, and I, and then there's always the, the emotional part of it. And I guess that's for me, it's having learned and, and developed a bit of intuition. And that's something that I feel like I, I really shut off for a large period of my life that I've only more recently in the last handful of years have kind of reconnected to of getting in touch with what it, feels like inside you know and the 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 metaphysical stuff the stuff you can't really explain like your heart and your gut and all of those things and I think for me there's also a a spiritual aspect of it that that I maybe it's because I look for them maybe because it's I see them maybe I'm maybe I'm crazy and there's nothing really there but I, I look for signs like I I read meaning into things um and so it's this it's this combination of different factors um, that really points me in in a new direction, 
and probably a little more bluntly, I would say there's this battle between my own curiosity and uh, being bored really quickly. <laughs> and and like with all the change that you've made in your life, what is the direction that you're heading in now? It's a very good question. Um, it's a direction I didn't, I, I really didn't see coming. Um, which oftentimes are the best directions. I I have a background in in healthcare, um, in chiropractic, and uh, athletic training, sports medicine, and nutrition. And I I went to school for a long period of time, and I I did that uh, for a number of years. And prior to the podcast, and prior to just prior to us meeting and whatnot. I, I quit all of it and I, I walked away from healthcare and I was like, I am done. I want nothing to do with this. I tried my, my hand in a lot of different things, some consulting and obviously the podcast and blogging and whatever that was and teaching and, and a bunch of really great experiences and really honestly helped me figure out who I am and what I want out of life. And within the last year, basically, I have come back to that I've been back in healthcare and I'm, uh, Mike, I hope this is a good decision. No, it is, <laughs> but I am, I'm, I'm going back to school. Um, I'm going back to uh, get a, a degree as a physician assistant. Um, so kind of expanding my, my scope of practice and the things that I want to do. And one of the things that really excites me so much about this is that, 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 that position and that, uh, career path is very open-ended. Um, unlike a lot of other healthcare providers, you do not choose to specialize. So I like to say they are the, the multi-potentialites of healthcare. So it gives me a lot of flexibility in the future to do everything from, you know, the minute clinics to urgent care to ER to assisting in surgery to, um, you know, just being at your, your neighborhood clinic. So a lot of different opportunities. It really builds on everything that I've, I've done in the past. And I have just found that in so many ways, and especially in the last year, that like my life has come, it's come full circle in weird ways. And I've had to go back and repeat things uh, from earlier on in my life and have similar experiences that I thought I was done with and kind of realize that I didn't do it the best the first time through, um, especially when it came to having a lot less ego and a lot more humility as I did it. And I just feel like this is, um, you know, this is the path that I, I am meant to be on. I just had to take a couple of detours before I got to it. Well, the, the uh, beautiful sceneries are always on the detours. I definitely agree with that. But you were, f you, were f you were following a path, a profession that you studied hard in. You were then working in that profession. You felt that that profession wasn't right for you, so you left. You did a few things, and now you're back studying even more in that profession. Are you a different person standing in the same spot or the same person standing in a different spot? I would say, oh man, I'd like to say both. Um, I'm definitely a different person. I would say a different person standing in a similar spot. Let's go with that. Mm -hmm. 
I I am very much a different person in that I I really figured out, and I I know there's much more to learn, but I really in a lot of ways figured out um, you know who I am. I feel like I I turned 34 just a couple of months ago. I feel like when I hit age 32, 33, that is when I finally started to feel a bit like an adult, a, a bit, and to really understand really who Jeff is, um, you know, what I like, what I don't like, um, be able to stand very firm in my beliefs and my convictions, but also remain open and flexible to to changing given new information. Um, but I, I just really feel like I have, especially in the last couple of years, kind of come into my own as a, as a person, whereas before I think I was a lot more, I think that's just part of being young, um, you know, more at the whim of, of the world and circumstances and others around you. And, you know, you just kind of get to this point in life where once you've had the crap kicked out of you a few different ways and things haven't gone the way that you expected or maybe wanted, um, I think you have a you have a couple of different roads you can go down. You can either... You can either suffer in that or you can learn from that. And um, that's hard both ways. Uh, I think I've just made a very intentional decision that I'm going to learn from all of it and keep going. Curiosity has been a topic that you've brought up a fair bit today. And I know that it's really part of your DNA and it's something that you intentionally cultivate. And we often assume that curiosity is all about the new and the unknown. But would you say that your curiosity this time has led you back to elements of the familiar? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, like I said a little bit ago, you know, this whole idea of, of going full circle, you know, I, I did go back and I think you did too, Mike, and listen to our very, very first chat on your first episode and at that time, I had come across this quote by T.S. Eliot, and I, I read it at the end of the podcast. And I, I will honestly say that that has become kind of, in some ways, like a, a guiding light to my experience over the past couple of years. And it, it goes something like, you know, we shall not cease from exploration. And at the end of all of our exploring, we'll be to arrive where we started and know it for the first time. And And that's really that's where I feel like I've come to is that I, I keep having different experiences, but in so many ways, they're the same experience I've had before, but each time I'm learning something new. And, and that's that whole idea of, you know, repetition is the mother of all learning. It's, it's part of curiosity is, yeah, it's definitely new and novel, but there's, I think an even bigger part that gets ignored of, of, what is already familiar? What is already in front of our face? What do we already think we know when we've actually just started to scratch the surface? Mm. And what do you think the biggest lesson is that you've learned over the past handful of years about yourself? I think in a, I think in a nutshell, it would be humility um, I, I've come to appreciate and also recognize that I 
have at times uh, a rather intense personality and um, maybe didn't make the best impression at certain times in my life and can, as we all do, you know, fall for your for your own hype or your your own ego or or feel that you deserve something or that you're entitled to something i know that that gets thrown around with us us dang millennials a lot but um i i've really had to learn humility over the past couple of years and that's not making yourself less than but to i guess know know when to push and know when not to and um, I've just found that there's been a lot of a lot of great experiences and a lot of um, great things that have happened, not only by what I've I've said and done, but also what I've chosen not to say and chosen not to do. Mm. One final question for you, mate. And I know you you know what's coming because you've you've answered it a few times before, but I'm going to be intrigued by your answer today. And that is if you could please describe your perfect day for me, Jeff. I knew you were going to say that, Mike. <laughs> and I've been agonizing over it for a while now. And I I got to say that I, I don't know that I have a perfect day anymore. Um, I think that there's a bunch of different perfect days. Like today was a pretty great day got up, I made, I got the, I got a little time off between, um, finishing work and now starting school again. So, you know, I made breakfast for my wife and had a cup of coffee, did a little reading and relaxing, went for a bike ride, caught up with a, you know, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Anthony Angaro later, you know, in the afternoon, um, you know, just a bunch of different things. My wife's going to come home after this and we'll probably have a, you know, a pizza and movie night or something like that. And, you know, great chat with you. So, you know, there's all those pieces that make a perfect day for me, but, I got to be honest with you, there, there have been, you know, being, being back in, in healthcare again, there have been those days where honestly, I got my butt kicked all day long, uh, barely got a lunch break, you know, patients all day and come home tired at the end of the day, commute both ways, you know, listen to a podcast or an audio book on each way to, you know, kind of get in a little bit of that as well. And man, some of those are like my favorite days. Like I feel so accomplished. I feel like I made a difference. I feel like I, I helped someone. So I feel like the the perfect day thing for me has come to not so much what I'm doing, but how I feel at the end of the day, like, like kind of drained, but also filled up at the same time. If that, if that makes any sense. Definitely. And I, and I think that's the the key of a perfect day it's not always the actual things that you're doing but it is that that fulfillment and one of my guests recently spoke about um having a day that is full compared to having a day that is busy and a full day is just beautiful i like that i like that term because i i definitely have struggled with that that busy term in the past and i and i still struggle with it because i i don't really like it i don't like what it implies or what it's come to represent um 
But there's many days that, yeah, that's the only word I can come up with is how's the day? It's busy, but I mean it in a good way. And mm. I think, I think full is a much, a much better term than I'm going to be, I'm going to be, uh, using from now on. Done. And mate, thank you again immensely for, for coming onto the podcast and for diving into some really personal elements in your life you know i know the the backstory because i've been on that journey with you in some capacity because you're not on social media for all of the beautiful reasons that we've spoken about i guess if people do want to reach out to jeff well you're going to have to come through me so <laughs> you all know my email which is mike at live com. so if you do want to reach out to jeff or you have any questions or you're toying with certain crossroads and um, you think that Jeff would be able to answer some of those questions then definitely flick me an email and we'll pass them on and and Jeff might have the time to do that but um, mate is there anything that I've left out before we before we uh, part ways on this call I think the only thing that is top of mind that um you know, I shared with you on one of our last email exchanges and um, supposedly supposed to be getting a, a tattoo related to this tomorrow, actually. So we'll, I'll, I'll shoot you a picture if uh, if that happens. It should happen. I, I'm just waiting on the final design. But um, there's a there's a commencement speech by um, the late writer David Foster Wallace called This is Water. And much like that T.S. Eliot quote, it's it's kind of become in a lot of ways this this guiding light to my, to my life. And it, and it starts off with this simple little anecdote about these two young fish swimming along and they pass by an older fish and he says, Hey gentlemen, how's the water today? And they look at him funny and swim on. And a little while later, one of them looks at the other and says, what the hell's water? And that, that story, like every time I hear it or I tell somebody that like, it just honestly like like hits me to my core as someone who for so much of my life feels like I've been focused on, on the destination and missing the journey. And, you know, both of them are important, but it's just this reminder to me of, of this is it, you know, Mike, like this is water right here, right now. This is what you and I are choosing to do with our time and our energy and this is water. So what are we going to do with it? And that has just, it's helped me so much, especially during those sucky days or those frustrating moments. And it's something that Laura, my wife and I say to each other somewhat regularly when, you know, we're, we're going through something challenging and, and one of us will look at the other and say, this is water. What are you going to do with it? You know, like this is the life we were given. Um, are you going to do something with it or are you just going to, you know, be numb, numb to everything that's around you? So I guess if I could leave people with anything, um, go check that out. Maybe it'll mean something to you. Maybe it'll mean nothing to you, but, uh, this is water. Well, I, I will definitely link to that in the show notes at liveimmediately.com. And, and on that, you actually sent it to me, uh, probably a month ago or a few weeks ago. Um, and it's fascinating. It really is a, a great piece of audio. And what I really took uh, away from after listening to it was, as, as you said, like, this is it, you know, this is our water. But it's also like, if you're, if you find yourself in water, in parts of life that you don't love, 
then you have the ability to look at things differently. And something that I've really been kind of pondering around, something came into my head like at three o'clock in the morning and I got up and I, I wrote it down. And it's really like how you, how you look at the world is how you'll see it. And how you see it is how you live it. And if we, if we want to change what our water is, then, then we sometimes just have to look at it differently. Absolutely. Jeff, thanks again, mate. I love you to bits. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And until next time, have fun and live immediately. That was another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thanks so much for listening. The original Live Immediately theme music is by the multi-talented Timothy McPhee. You can check out his music at firekites.bandcamp.com. If you enjoyed the show, had some fun, and maybe even learned something, then make sure you subscribe via iTunes. And while you're there, why not leave a rating and a review? You know it's going to make my day. Thanks for stopping by and giving me some of your time today. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, have fun and live immediately.